The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from the old National Bank State Street studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. And now back the other way is Sky Moore. They fake it to him and shovel to McKinnon up the middle. Untouched into the end zone for the touchdown. Six yards and the Chiefs strike first here in Kansas City with their first first quarter points of the season. 6-0. Rush is coming late. He's dodging around. Runs out of space. And Chris Jones wraps him up and down he goes. On third and six. It become fourth and long now for the Bears. Brisker back in. Shotgun snap. Hand up. Clyde edwards Hilaire. Looks like he punctured the goal line and no indication yet. And now they finally throw him up. It took a minute, but the Chiefs punch it in from the one. Captain 11 play, 80-yard drive, and a 13-0 lead with 11.34 to go in the half. Gives to Pacheco, glancing off the hit by Edmonds into the end zone. Another Kansas City touchdown. 30 to nothing. 15 throwing the ball in the first half for Mahomes. Just a 38-yard drive for Butcher, one of the better kickers in the NFL. Winchester down, he's up, and the kick is good to end the first half. One will forget. Now to Mahomes, looking right. Now he's going to fire back to the end zone. A wide open. Travis Kelsey for the touchdown. Back of the end zone. The two hook up again. One of the best quarterback tight end connections in NFL history. The title of that banger is Ass Whooping at Arrowhead. Taylor's. Really? That was uh, was that uh, was that the title? That was the title. Taylor's version, of course. We yes. all got to see that one firsthand. That touchdown made it forty-one to nothing. That could have been. Look, if if they would have kept their guys in, there's no telling how how much higher they could have run that total up. They could have uh, looked at the Dolphins and said, "Hey, Mike McDaniel, look at him putting 70? up seventy. Hold my beer." 70-burger, the Bears you know what? I willing. You know, you know what? The only reason I'm mentioning this at the moment, Jeff, is, is because they're, the, the team is playing above your head on the television screen. The Arizona Cardinals are a team that is, is basically like yeah. in full rebuild mode as well. Think about how we entered this season. Everybody pinpointed the Cardinals we fun as of a Cardinals. tanking team. Making fun of them. They play hard as hell. Yes. I'd like to see our team play with that same level of intensity. Like, is that too much to ask from no, the professionals? No, I, don't, I don't think it's too much to ask for the most part. I think the effort has been much better. I thought it was much better against Tampa Bay. I don't think yesterday was an issue of effort. I think you were completely outclassed. You went into Arrowhead with a defense that is really not affecting anybody, even marginal offenses. Mm-hmm. And you step up in class against the defending world champs who had yet to have a really good offensive day in the first two weeks of the season. This was, as I called it, a get-right game for the Kansas City Chiefs, especially their offense. Yep. So, I, I mean, I thought, and, and oh, by the way, in the meantime, by halftime, you were probably down two or three more of your corners or your secondary guys. So you were in a precarious situation. I don't think that they got boat raced because of effort. This was more about talent to me, the sure. differential between or the difference between the two teams in terms of talent. But even with that said, like I watched the Cardinals play and they're now one and two after beating the Cowboys. But boy, they play hard. Absolutely. And I'm sure that, you know, that Cardinal fan base is, is and they've been in both of the games that they lost. 
Yeah. I'm sure the Cardinal fan base is at the very least happy with what they've seen in terms of how that team flies around. Not to be wanting, but they're flying around. No, absolutely. If you, Bears fans, it was going on as the, the Bears were putting up no resistance against the Chiefs yesterday. The Cowboys were, they were, everyone assumed the Cowboys were going to walk in there. Yeah. And after the way they'd housed both New York teams the last two weeks, everyone expected the Cowboys to do the same thing. That thing Cardinal the Cardinals. team with a quarterback that I believe was released at the final cutdown by the Browns, right? They traded, Josh Dobbs, or did they, but trade they traded for, for Josh Dobbs? It was like a sixth or seventh. But round when pick. was it? Like at, yeah, no, no, it was right before. It was like the week before Labor Day, right? Like, like, and all of a sudden, Josh so he Dobbs goes is to their Arizona starting quarterback. And now he's their starting quarterback. They ran for over two hundred twenty yards yesterday against mm-hmm. the Cowboys defense that everybody was talking about as yes. elite. And Josh Dobbs has played the position in a very efficient manner. It's so. almost like they have a coaching plan in place to try and put their players in the best position to succeed. And then the players actually go ahead and execute yeah. and, and play at a high level. So, Just, I mean, it takes both. It takes both elements. 312-332-3776. Waddle and Sylvie Meller in for Sylvie today. Let's go on out and take some calls from some unhappy Bears fans. Brett is on the road. Brett, you're on Waddle and Sylvie. Hey, what's up, guys? Me and my kid went to the game yesterday in Kansas City, and just getting to see Mahomes and the Chiefs operate like a well-oiled machine, like, that could have been the Bears. Well, probably not the Bears, because they probably would have ruined Mahomes, but, like, just seeing that operate in person as well as it does, like, what are we doing with the Bears? And then this morning, like, how is someone not fired in this organization? Eberflus not gone, Getsy not gone. The offense looked pathetic. Fields looked like he was running for his life out there, not knowing what was going on. It's just, it's disappointing. It's disheartening to hear as a Bears fan, man. And I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of years of just terrible football. Yep. No, you're not the only one, Brett. I think a lot of Bears fans agree with you. I mean, and again, what it accomplishes, I don't know. I, I don't know how the coach is addressing his team behind closed doors. But there's a difference between like what Sean Payton is telling his team or at least saying in the media versus like yeah. you just heard. I don't know why there there is this this fear or there's this this lack of willingness to assess any type of blame how, how about this? on players. When Matt Eberflus comes out and talks like there is some type of pro- positive to take from yesterday's game or the first three weeks. You're putting your credibility on the line. Yeah. Fans can no longer trust what you're saying in these press conferences. And that looks, it doesn't mean anything ultimately, but you're undermining your own credibility. Yes, when you do this. Well, and I think that it was like we talked before the break. The, the Chase Claypool you know, situation, I think, it highlights it. Chase is six foot four and, 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 you know, 200 and something pounds. He needs to put his foot in the ground on that play and go up and catch the ball, snatch it away from the defender. Here's Jason what, Leisure asked yeah, him. Here, here's what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't see short arm. I, I see a high point the ball, you know, instead of jumping up, you know, a little early. I think uh, he would, he would agree with that. You go high point the ball, um, you know, catch it as highest point with, you know, and when he jumps and gets it there, so I th- that's the only thing I critique I would have with that. I thought he just jumped a little bit early on it. Well, that that's exactly what Jason Leisure's question was: Did he short arm this or Greg? I, I think it was actually Greg Olson. Greg I'm, Olson's I'm the evaluation on the on the Fox broadcast. What's the difference here? Like we're we're splitting hairs, and and 
instead of saying, you know what, guys? Chase has got a physical advantage over the corner that was was matched up against him. He needs to go up and catch the ball and make a play for his quarterback. Maybe that gives us a spark. Maybe it gives yeah. the quarterback wow. a spark. Maybe that gives us pointed in the right direction. Instead, this is a play on words or we're, we're you know, we're splitting Dude, hairs. It is so. How about this? We are clearly struggling right now offensively. When guys have the opportunity to make a play, Perfect. they need to make a play. Perfect. I expect Chase Claypool to make that play. I expect DJ Moore to catch the ball down the sidelines. We all know Justin Fields is having his own issues. So you know what? Ask the other guys to step up when the opportunity presents them, presents itself because guess what? We're all seeing it. They're few and far between. And I know it sucks. And I know you, as a football player, you want to get into a rhythm. And maybe you don't get a pass come to you but once a quarter. Well, you know what? When it's there for you, you need to make your play. And then that stuff will start to add up and maybe put you into a few games. And again, like the last thing I want to hear the coach basically say is take the question of a reporter and pretty much say the same thing as yeah. the analyst did on television, but just use different words. Like, what are we accomplishing here? I don't know. Greg Olson described it as short army. Is that so offensive to a wide receiver that the coach has got to smooth it over and say, well, I wouldn't call it short army, but he's got to go up and high point the ball. It's the same damn thing. Yes, yes. Go make a play. Uh, you have a physical advantage over the guy that was on you. Like, and, and by the way, you know, make a play for your quarterback for sure. Make a play for yourself. This mm-hmm. is a contract here. Of course. Make the play for yourself. If you can't make it for your quarterback, make it for you. Anthony's in Berkeley. Anthony, you're on Waddle and Sylvie. Mel in for Sylvie. How's it going, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it. Trying times. I don't even know what to even say about yesterday, honestly. I mean, the biggest issue is you look at the trenches. We're losing on offense, defense. There's no pressure on the D-line, so our defense just gets eviscerated. I mean, you can pay the linebackers in secondary all you want, but if if they they got all day to throw, they're going to pick them apart no matter what. And then you watch on the offensive side, anytime Justin Fields had time, which was rarely, I think it was like 11 of 13 hurries at one point during the game. He's scared to throw the ball, and, and he's just missing open open targets, and it's, it's a shame. I mean, something really needs to happen here, you know, within the organization to change things up because the kid's going to be ruined. I mean, he's, he already is, and they're talking about possibly drafting Caleb. That kid will just come right in, and they're going to say, hey, we need to make him a pocket passer, and now you ruined another one, so... I'm just gearing up for a pretty miserable year. Probably the most pessimistic I've been as a Bears fan, but yesterday was just no effort at all, it seemed like. So. See, like, I felt worse after the, the Packer game than I did yesterday, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm, um, I'm on an island there. I expected Kansas City to win convincingly. Now, at the end of the day, was I expecting 34 nothing with zero resistance? No, I was expecting guys to come out after a tumultuous week up at Hallis Hall and, 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 try to go out there and and you know defend themselves and i didn't see a ton of that Mm -hmm. but that's an elite team in their building trying to get on track what happened in the opening game of the season against green bay coming to town with the youngest team in the national football league and a quarterback who made one start prior to being here that one to me still stings a little bit more than what i saw yesterday they all sting don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. but i almost like 
Weren't you expecting them to get kicked in the teeth yesterday? But here's the thing. That's why it felt like yesterday could have been a nothing-to-lose situation. Nobody expected the Bears to win that game. Nobody expected the Bears really to cover. I think everybody was like, if anything, it was a stay away because it was a big number, and you certainly didn't want to take the Bears in that situation. But nobody was expecting the game really to be close. I'm not taking them off the hook and making excuses for them. I'm just telling I, you. No, 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 I thought yesterday's outcome was less surprising than week one's outcome. No. Yeah, I would agree with you there, but, you know... All things considered. But at the same time, the way it played out yesterday, there was just at no point... No. Like, at one point... Ah, damn it. There goes the coffee. Um, I was going to... At one point, though, dude, you were playing every backup other than Brisker in your secondary against the best quarterback we've seen in in 20 years. Let me... So, uh, Tyler pointed this out to me. This happened at the end of the first half. Can we get some bounty in here? And by that, I don't mean, like, putting a price tag on anybody, but something a quicker picker up. So, the Bears were trailing 31 to nothing. They have the ball. They get a delay of game game penalty. So, open the second half? No, no, no. In the end of the first half. So, instead of being third and four, it's now third and nine. And so, Greg Olson suggests this. And I understand what he's saying, but think of how preposterous this is. Yeah, this is going to be another delay of game. Well, now you have to enter if you're the Bears. You find yourself going backwards here on third down. I don't think you can afford to throw this ball. I mean, there's 52 seconds. Delay of game. Delay of game. Offense. Five-yard penalty. KB, you, you risk an incomplete pass here, and you're punting the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. He's still got two timeouts. I, I think you have to be very careful here. I think this mentality of this drive has changed. I don't think you want to give the ball back to, Justin, to Patrick Mahomes one more time before the break. So it's 31 to nothing. They have the ball with 52 seconds left. And I get it. The Bears have broken one of the best analysts in football <laughs> because he's suggesting that in order to keep it closer, to keep it to a 31-point deficit, you Instead need to run out the clock. Point. Because what? You're going to come back from a 31-point deficit in the second half? And I get it. What else? In some ways, you can talk yourself into circles and say... Yeah, I can see it. We only want to be trailing 31 to nothing. And ultimately, he was probably right because they end up punting the ball back and the Chiefs come right back down and they score what should have been a touchdown. Again, if Jawan Taylor, the guy who they paid $80 million to, could line up in the right formation, it would have been another touchdown. It would have been 38 to nothing instead of 34 to nothing. But this is where they're at. They don't know what to do. Should they, I mean, is this and by makes, the way, what I mean is as outrageous as that is, and it is. I believe they started the second half, their first drive, coming out of the kickoff with mm-hmm. a delay of game penalty. Did they not? Didn't uh, they start the second I half with a delay correct. of game penalty? I know they started. They had a, another drive starter where they started I thought it with was a the second game. drive. There may have been multiple. I mean, I thought I would, it was the first drive of the second half. The de- I may be wrong. Uh, hang on, but. I'm going through the details because I, you know, again, I was so uh, preoccupied with Taylor Swift at the stadium at times. So they come out in the third quarter. The Bears get the ball. Um, first play is a shotgun. Khalil Herbert right end for seven yards. So I don't know if okay, that was so a they delay. didn't start the second half. The next drive, yeah. All right. So, but, but either way, to have a couple of of you know delay of of game penalties, just not. But what that, you I want. mean, think about it. Like like Olson's like, yeah, you, you maybe want to get into the half just trailing thirty one to nothing. Now you can't give the ball well, back. I, you know, listen. And he wasn't wrong, though, because they came right back down the field and scored what should have been a touchdown. They yeah. settled for a field goal. I heard the coach talk about taking the ball away twice and scoring 10 points oh. in the second half. I heard the good kid talking about this. I took a walk after the game, so I was listening <laughs> to the good kid and Peggy yes. on the post game, and 
He said, the, what, what did he say to the, the idiot Bear fan in me is going to lean on what, you know, they outscored the, the Kansas City Chiefs 10 to 2 in the second half. He goes, but I know that's meaningless. Look, I take nothing from what they did in the My final God, 15 no. minutes of the no. game. No, I mean, that, that Chiefs team could have put 70 on them the way that the Dolphins put 70 on the Broncos. Yes. Without a doubt. Yes, if they were truly invested in yeah. trying to do that. Let's try Chris, who's in Naperville. Chris, what's going on? You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, it's okay. Yeah, that's how we all feel. Yeah. I'm listening to Fluce's press conference. Did that not sound like Matt Nagy all over again? Yeah, I did like a little bit. Years? Yeah, I kind of feel and, the same way as you did. Yeah, Waddle actually mentioned that, Chris, to me off the air as it was uh, taking place. I, I swear, he, you must go Scooby-Doo over there and pull the mask off, and you're probably going to find Matt Nagy right over there. That's unbelievable. Now, Matt um, Nagy's laughing but, on the Chiefs' sideline. That's what he's doing. He, I would love to ask you guys your thoughts on this. And I know everybody's going to talk about Caleb Williams, but the biggest thing that I see about the Bears' defense are two big things. One, Flus was talking about, we're almost there. Okay, you had DeForest Buckner as your an all-pro defensive tackle who could stop the run inside the line. You don't have anybody doing that for the Bears. Yep. And you had Shaq Leonard on the outside who could stop the runs to the outside that are going for about 15, 20 yards. We don't have anybody who can do that. Nope. Would you guys – I know, like I said, I know everybody's going to talk about the Caleb Williams, but I would almost be content with those two first-round picks being either two offensive linemen because right now, as far as I'm concerned – the only person who can stay is Darnell Wright. He, I mean, he's been beaten maybe a handful of times over three games, but that offensive line is atrocious, and they have gotten no pressure on the D-line. I would absolutely be okay with either two D-line or two O-line, and as far as I'm concerned, this game against the Broncos might be the worst televised game in all of history, mm. and honestly, the greatest thing at this game, I think for a fan base, would be hearing fans sell, chance, sell the team. I would love to get your guys' thoughts because uh, I don't think anything is going to change under the McCaskey. I, I, think, I think that, first of all, I don't think that, that a fan base can pressure an owner to sell a team, but no. that's neither here nor there. You, yeah, I, I'm not telling fan, fans. Fan, you want a fan? Go fan, ahead. If you, you want, want a fan. Exactly. If you want to start that chant and try and embarrass I've the seen team. people say, too, boycott the game. Look, I, I'm, I'm not an advocate. Of, I'm an advocate of you doing what you want to do. You work hard for your cash if you want to take your kids to the game, even though the team is struggling, but your kids enjoy a game at Soldier Field, despite the two-hour, you know, as it takes to get in and the two hours it takes to get out. That's just an editorial for me. I'm not going to hate on you for wanting to take your kids to the game. I'm totally cool with that. I think, listen, I think that the two things that kind of define where we are right now are from my seat at home, it looked like an NFL team playing against a college team. I don't, you know, I don't, I, if that sounds disrespectful, I don't mean it to be disrespectful. I'm mm-hmm. just being honest. I mean, it looked like a team that was completely outclassed in every facet of the game. And then a team that just got beat 70 to 20 yes. is a three and a half point favorite coming into your building next Sunday. Like that kind of tells you, A, where you are, and be what the rest of the NFL universe thinks about you. To emphasize that point, Ryan Clark tweeted this out yesterday afternoon at 4.34 p.m., reminding you this is about an hour and a half after the Broncos, as you just said, had 70 put on them in a 50-point loss to the Dolphins. Ryan Clark said, if you think your team is the worst team in the NFL and your team ain't the Bears, then you are lying to yourself. And, and look, I, I mean, show me the lie. I, I, I can't identify the lie. And that's what, 
Look, again, I'll say it for the one millionth time. I did not expect this team to compete for anything of, of note. Mm-hmm. Thought they would be a 7-8-9 win team. I think I settled on eight wins, which is still a below 500 record in this league. But I was looking for significant improvement in a ton of different areas. And, and not only have we not seen any imp- real significant improvement, I think what you've seen is a regression in most aspects of what they're doing. And that is what's most concerning and most disappointing. Is that I'm not expecting you to win more than you lose, but it's supposed to look different than it has so far. Yeah, not worse than it was yeah. last year when you finally start to put players on the roster that you want to build around. Let's go to North Carolina and say good afternoon to Lance. What's up, Lance? Hey, Lance, you there? Lance, mm. Lance Romance. May have lost Lance. Let's try Jackson, who's in New Orleans. Hey, Jackson. Hey, how we doing, guys? Been better, man. I agree. So, I mean, my brain has already gone over this season. The season's over. It was a good try. We have next year. Next year, obviously, we were all talking about this in two graphics. What do we do with them? It's my main question. What I want to hear your guys' takes on it. And the other thing is we're, we're missing an identity. We, we haven't had an identity since Smith. Uh, and our identity with Lovey was defense. At least we had something. At least we had something that people thought about when they played the Bears. We don't have that right now. What would be the best story for the Bears for this offseason is to get a guy to coach this team that can give us an identity, that can give us some purpose. And who is that guy? Who, who do you think is the guy that I'm talking about? I, I look, I'm not there yet, Jackson. I, I'm trying to, to figure out ways that this team can can get better and, and find pieces to the puzzle going forward. I mean, that's more of a, a, a I guess, a macro conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still in the micro with regard to and I, how many of these guys can prove to you over the course of the next 14 games that they are a part of the solution. Because at this point... As early as it is, you start. You have to start identifying pieces yes. that, that aren't part of the solution. Like, who are you going forward with? The players that you've drafted and signed now, who are players who you want to move forward with next season? And who, got, who are guys who are just not up to snuff and need to be replaced? Listen, I, I'm not trying to go all, you know, old school Bears stuff, but... You know, he talks about not having an identity. You don't have an, an, uh, have an you identity. you don't do anything well. Right. Defensively, you're giving him 407 yards and 35 points per game. Offensively, again, you haven't registered a 20-point game since week 11 of last season. There is You've no identity. You've lost 13 games in a row. Yeah, like at the very least last year, you were the number one rushing team in the league. And, and a lot of that was Justin tucking and running or design runs and and honestly, they ran for 177 yards per game last year, I think. And this year, going into the KC game, I think they were averaging like 94, 95. I'm not sure exactly how many did they run for this weekend. They ran for 116. So that number will go up a little bit. But like like we've talked about, teams are, teams are game planning for a lot of the stuff that they did well last year. Mm-hmm. And now what you have to do is you have to adjust to the adjustments. And so far, they haven't been able to do that. 312-332-3776, that's the number. On Mondays during Waddle's World, we take your calls. We continue to roll on, get your reaction to another Bears loss right here on Waddle and Sylvie. It's that time again. 
when we venture deep into the great unknown. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. A trip inside the mind of a multi-concussed former Bears wide receiver. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. And he had an all-time day in the use of smelling salt. Buckle up, boys and girls. Tom Waddle, everything wants to have a Tom Waddle. If I had a football team, I'd like to have a Tom Waddle on my team because you draw from that. It's time to go inside Waddle's world. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salt. Uh, I did to watch that game yesterday. John, that is correct. Uh, Waddle's world is brought to you by our great friends and partners at... Wintrust Community Banks, they are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash finest member FDIC. I think uh, a lot of Bears fans were trying to black yeah. out okay. in the middle of that game. No question. Before we get back to the calls real quick, a couple of injury updates. By the way, Joe Burrow's status is, in fact, in some doubts. Although there is optimism, he will play tonight for the Bengals. They have elevated their third-string quarterback uh, just in case. That's according to Ian Rappaport. And also, uh, Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams has season-ending uh, torn ACL. Uh, so, not good for the uh, Chargers who came out with a big win yesterday in Minnesota. Despite, uh, the injury, despite their head coach. That is correct. The, uh, yeah, we got to get to that, too. Uh, the injury report brought to you by Costa Ivone Injury Lawyers. Not just... Like, I know you're a big uh, analytics guy, and I and I think, as I've always said to you, I think there is a big, nice place in in all sports for analytics, but analytics in context. You don't yeah, go for it on fourth dude. and shorts from your own 24-yard line yes. with a minute or so right. to go and up four. Like, that was silly, and last night... Josh, Josh McDaniels, McDaniels kicking, kicking a field, field goal, goal down eight, and you were inside the you were in the with, red zone with what was it like less? I was on the air on the post post game show, but yeah. it was like under two minutes to go, yes. right? Like, I know they had a couple timeouts, but the reality is, hey, Duh. if you score a touchdown, you're in the red zone. You score a touchdown and the two point conversion, you've tied up the I, football game. Yeah, I mean, um, it's just it's, the one thing too. I like I hate like, and I think analytics is one thing. You know, Brandon Staley, his decision to go for it there, like. You can't – when you say the win probability was 89% going for it versus 82 punting, that is not factoring in the – Where you're at on the field. But not even not where you're at on the field. But it's like that almost is the assumption that you're going to convert the fourth down in that situation because, yes – I understand. If they convert that fourth down, the game is over. The Vikings don't get the ball back. And so, obviously, you cannot lose in that situation. However, you are the Los Angeles Chargers who struggled to run the ball, had struggled all day to get any type of push on the offensive line. So, when you fail to convert that fourth down, all of a sudden, the percentages flipped dramatically into the Vikings' favor. Yes, like it, it was a, it was an asinine decision. He I'm, did that on, on a primetime game last year as well, going for it on fourth down in his own twenty-five yard yeah. line. Like if you want to go for it fourth down every single time on the other team's side of the football, fine. Because at the very at the very worst, what you have is you're giving the ball back to a team, but they've got to go a significant distance to be in any type of scoring range. Yes. Like, I know they were down four at the time the, the Vikings were, so they needed a touchdown. But even so, why make it easier on them? I don't know. It's I, just I, I don't feel it at and all. And he said, as always, after the game, I have no regrets and will not apologize for our approach. <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, we'll see how long, especially without Mike Williams now, we'll see how long they can 
stay in the AFC race. Because by the way, but his quarterback yesterday was like something stupid. Like, wasn't he forty of forty six for over three hundred yards? I mean, like it was a crazy stat line. Yeah, for he, them yesterday. He's doing what he's doing in spite of his head coach. Meanwhile, and I'm not taking anything away. Tua. Ripping off 16 for 16 in the first half. Yeah. Over 200 by, yards. By the way, Justin Herbert, this was his stat line yesterday in Minnesota. 40 of 47 for 405 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. 40 for 47. And they don't just dink and dunk. They no. push the ball down the field. And Crazy. and Keenan Allen threw the longest touchdown yeah. pass for that yards. team. It's a wild game. Some wild NFL action. If I thought will. the Vikings defense was going to be a lot better this year with Brian Flores in charge. They blitz more than anyone in the National Football League, but so far they are not getting home enough. Yeah. And uh, they just they haven't been able to stop a fart. 312-332-3776. Uh, taking your phone calls here on Waddle and Sylvie. I'm Jeff Meller in for Sylvie today. Of course, on a Bears Monday, we... We keep Waddle's world a little bit brief, and we take your phone calls because we know you want to talk about the Bears, and we're going to do that here. Let's try. Let's go on out to uh, Frank, who is in Yorkville. Frank, you know what, Frank? Frank's in the tunnel. Frank? I got you. All right, Frankie. Thanks, Can you guys hear me? We can now, yes. What's going on, bud? That's all good. Hey, hey, fellas, a couple things. Um, First of all, uh, I've been watching the Bears. I'm 57 years old. Uh, it's, it's, it's misery. And I've got three adult grown sons now. And I literally every Sunday I have to apologize to them for <laughs> having them sit there when they were on my knee to watch this, this, this disaster. But here, here's my quick point, guys. And, I, and I'd like to get your take on it, Tom. Playing football uh, for a long time, coaching my kids for a long time. The one fundamental thing about cover two defense, right? And this is what I think Chicago fans have to see in Matt Eberfus or not see in Matt Eberfus is, one of the basic fundamental things to be successful running a cover two defense is you need a beast of a three technique. Yeah. You need somebody that's just going to be that person keeping a shoulder square in the line of scrimmage and just getting penetration. Otherwise, everything else falls apart with a cover two, especially with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. That's what I don't understand. How, does, how do the beat reporters not ask him that question? I'll hang up and listen, guys. But yeah, Frank, I, I, I mean, I think it's something we've all talked about recently. Um, and I, I think it was it was especially a, a, an issue and something that we talked about after the opening game of the season against the Green Bay Packers where they generated zero pressure. Yep. And at that point, with Allen Williams still calling the defensive plays, they were not really willing to make any of those adjustments and bring any blitzes. And I think it gave you the stat courtesy of Matt Bowen. I think they've... They have blitzed the lowest percentage of times defensively as anyone in the league. But Frank is right. Like that defense, talk to Lance Briggs and others. Like, yes, people still believe in it. But you have to have a defensive line, or you have to have a front four that can can yes. pressure the quarterback by themselves. And otherwise, you know, the the entire fabric and the foundation of the defense. And this goes is a way. I mean, look at the Bucks when they used to run it. Guess who was their three technique? It was Sap. Like, if you can't pressure the quarterback in that defense with your front four, mm-hmm. you're asking for trouble. Not only would I pressure them differently or try something to get to the opposing quarterback and get him off his spot, I would also move my corners up and make them be physical at the line of scrimmage and just make it more difficult on everybody out there. But it's, it's not yeah. how they do business. And now you you are so beaten up in your secondary, 
I don't know who lines up out there next this week against the Broncos. Jalen Johnson's got a hammy. Yep. Eddie Jackson wasn't available for the game. Uh, Kyler Gordon's on Kyler IR. Kyler Gordon's on, on IR. Uh, you, you, you lost Stevenson in the game as well. Brisker returned, but he left the game. I he's think left he the game. finished the game. I know, I know, but, but I'm saying he's left yeah. the game now two weeks in a row. Josh Blackwell's dealing with, with a hamstring. hamstring. So, like, yeah. I mean, not only are you not getting to the opposing quarterback with your front four, you've got a completely decimated second day. It's just it's a recipe for disaster. And you better believe, listen, there's a you you mentioned it. It's night and day between the approach Matt Eberflus is having publicly and the approach Sean Payton is having publicly with his team. And they're the way it's I guarantee. They're coming in. The Broncos are coming in as favorites after having lost by 50, which is a ridiculous notion. But I guarantee you, Sean Payton is going to light a fire under their ass after after Sunday. Well, he'll know whether or not his players can actually execute what they're asking him to do. He obviously understands how to attack a cover, too, especially one that doesn't pressure the quarterback with their front four. Mm-hmm. And especially with a defense that is struggling with injuries in the secondary. Like, this, is, this could be one of those get-right games for the Broncos as well. Like, we're looking for one of those get-right games ourselves, and you would think that this would be an opportunity for Justin and our offense that has struggled mightily to put a number on the board against a Broncos defense that gave up 70 Mm -hmm. and 700-plus yards. (laughs) 350 yards rushing, over 350 yards passing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm not – you know what, Waddle? I'm not feeling confident. About the Bears. Well, listen, like, follow the lead from those that do this for a living. They went from a two and a half point favorite earlier in the day yesterday to a three and a half point favorite today. I think after the Bears lost in Kansas City, I believe that the number was set at two and a half, right? By this morning, it's they had already betted up to Broncos three and a half point yeah. favorite. Yeah, not great. Let's try Josh, not who's great, on the boss. north side. Hey, Josh, what's going on? Hey, boys. Appreciate you building my call. Sure. Thanks for making it. Hey, you know, I'm kind of with you guys a little bit in terms of discussing kind of like some of the larger pictures. Are we changing quarterbacks? Are we changing coach? Like, I think we're a little early in the season to, you know, really have a definitive answer on that, albeit it's not looking good. Um, you know, one thing I am a little bit curious about is the trade deadline. I mean, that trade deadline's coming up here and call it four, four or five games. Last year, Ryan Poles was extremely active at the deadline. Could you see him maybe moving off some of those contracts that are expiring at the end of the year? Guys like Darnell Mooney or guys like Jalen Johnson. Or on the flip side, you know, if we rattle off two or three wins, could you see him adding like an edge rusher like Derek Barnett? I don't think they're adding anything. I don't think they're adding anything for this year. I think I, I wouldn't rule anything out with Ryan Poles. Now we can question all of the moves. I think that the one thing that we should have have learned by now is is that. He's always looking to upgrade his roster. So I wouldn't necessarily look at any type of an addition this year to, you know, I wouldn't I I wouldn't interpret that as, hey, you know, we've got a chance this year. I would interpret it as this is a player that we think can be part of our future going forward. Uh, But I wouldn't rule out anything. If if you're selling or you're buying, whatever the case may be, I I wouldn't rule anything out. And we're about five weeks away. The NFL trade deadline this year is on Halloween. Uh, Tuesday, October 31st, 3 o'clock Central Time is when the NFL trade deadline will come and go. I would say this. like If you're a player right now, you you need to define yourself and who you are. And there's tape on, on who you are. 
And you need to either, and I said this after week one, you either need to define yourself as part of the solution or they're going to move on from you. Mm-hmm. But they're going to have to move on from you. Not meaning that they've got all the answers either, but the, 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 it is, it's a lot easier to move on from players than it is from front office guys and, and coaches, as we've seen in the past. So I think everyone has got an opportunity now to change the narrative, including the head coach. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. If this thing continues on this path, there are going to be significant changes that ripple across the organization. Yeah, I, it strikes me that Matt Eberflus really needs to ha- he needs to look in the mirror and say, I need to change my approach because I'm 0-3 this year. We've lost 13 in a row. It doesn't look like anything's getting better anytime soon, especially if we continue to approach it the way we're doing it. They need they need a new philosophy. He needs to change course in some way because what he's doing right now, it's not working. You know, and and you're 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 not you're not going to get more talented. Well, the message isn't resonating. No. Whatever the message is inside the building, it's not resonating because it's not showing up on Sundays. And that's the responsibility of the players as well. But when you have higher expectations, and I won't say high, depending on who you were and where you thought this team would be in 2023, Mm-hmm. If you're not meeting expectations, especially at the start of a rebuild, like, you know, you're going to be on shaky ground. Yes. Yes, you are. Players, coaches, everyone involved. Let's try Greg, who's in Knoxville. Hey, Greg, you're on uh, Waddle and Sylvie Miller and for Sylvie. Greg. Gregory. Greg is not there. Let's, Greg, I don't know. Maybe he just got tired of waiting through all the Bears nonsense. Let's try Bob, who's in Streeterville. Hey, Bobby. How you doing, guys? Doing all right for a Monday, Bob. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've been a Bear fan since 1956. I'll be 75 in November, and this is almost unwatch. It's unwatchable, is what it is. And my question is, why don't they just bench Fields? You know, put him in a timeout, so to speak, and bring in that quarterback, the Division Three. He can't be any worse than what we've got now, and. Uh, I just like your thoughts on that because I, it's the quarterback. He's got the ball half the time, and they're not doing anything with this guy. Yeah, Bob, so, I, thanks, Bob. I, personally, I think it's way too early for that. I'm a greater advocate, even if it doesn't look right right now. You have to come to a 100% decision with no, with, with absolutely zero doubt. Zero like. doubt in your mind that you're making the right decision. Either we're moving forward with him or you're not. You're moving away from him. And I don't think you can do that after week three. I just don't. I think that, you know, as bad as it has looked, and again, it's not just the quarterback who is failing. There are a lot of people that are culpable here for this, this inept offense. But you can't I, make that decision right I now. would say this, too. Well, first and foremost, we have, I can't. Get, we have I to get can't. to the point where, where Bajan is elevated to the backup quarterback first. You know, we... Yesterday, he wasn't even eligible to come into the game until uh, both Fields and Peterman would have right. left with an injury. So you need to get to that point like, first. Do, you want me to, do I want to see Nathan Peterman throwing the football out there? No, no, no I don't. No, and by I, the way, like I heard a lot of people that were upset that they put Justin Fields back in. As long as he's cleared by the doctors, I had no problem with them putting him back in against the Kansas City backups. Yes. Like, what are you protecting him from what we need now is is to build some confidence and whether that's against their twos and threes and garbage time at this point i'll take anything for a confidence boost 
So, like, to keep him out and put Nathan Peterman in, what is that doing for me for, like, if this offense was further along and they just got casually blown out on a given Sunday, fine, I'm with you. But this quarterback and this group that he's in the offensive huddle with needs every freaking snap that they can get. Yeah, there's th- exactly. Like, you need to try and build I'm some success. I'm not trying to put him in harm's way. way. If no, he's healthy, no. you, you're back out there. Yeah, and, and You're it, not putting him out there against Chris Jones. Chris Jones was having a snack at that point. You're playing against their twos and threes at that point. And this is where I'll get back to reiterating, reiterating, reiterating my point from earlier when I said, look, when Justin Fields came out on Wednesday and was critical of where they were at as an offense, I didn't expect to see m- many differences because the game plan was already in place for this week. However, I'll be curious to see how they approach it against an opponent at home like Denver where you should – where. They didn't put up anything defensively. Well, you saw, though, Jeff, they did make some. I mean, was it enough for Correct. the masses? Maybe but, not, but they waggled him out on several occasions. They did have a few more designed runs. But but, I, I, but, but, but what I'm saying is I think now, and again, I, I don't think the approach by Justin Fields was the greatest to go and do, the way, do it the way he did it. I don't think he actually even knew the blowback that was coming when he did approach it the way he did. But now I'll be curious to see how Luke Getzey approaches it, having had the full week now to take it in watch the game film and i don't know how you could like anything you saw from sunday right so i'll be curious to see how luke gets approaches it having this time now to put in and install a game plan with justin field's comments in the back of his mind you know what i'm saying I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm just interested you, to see what they do. I, I think that they could have added some stuff pretty easily on Thursday and Friday for sure. These are all plays that are still in their system. Okay. So I think that they could have tweaked the, the game plan after those comments regardless. I don't think that they're so rigid or the game plan is so intricate that <laughs> they fair. couldn't adjust to it before Sunday's kickoff. So I don't anticipate it. it's going to look. I, I'm not anticipating it looks significantly. Look, I'm all for it. We're trying to create some confidence here. We're trying to build some, you know, something that 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 makes everybody feel better. And then, like I said, several weeks down the road, if you can go back and then reinstall some a broader game plan, fine. But right now, trying to get him some confidence, I understand why you would want to do that. I think we probably have about five or six games more to go where it has to look really bad before we start having a conversation about looking at Tyson Bajan, right? I don't know. And I think that's probably aggressive. Yeah, I'm not there. I'm not okay. close to there right now. But I'm I mean, five or six games from now, if things are still looking this bad, then we could at least have a conversation. Okay. But I, at that point, I'm still probably going to be resistant to it. Um, I just don't think it... I, I think that you have to use the majority, the vast majority of this year, coming to a strong conclusion and erasing all doubts and all excuses. 312-332-3776. That's the number taking your calls here on a Bears Monday, a bad Bears Monday on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. By the way, uh, somebody mentioned, or you mentioned about, or you just asked the question about whether or not you'd be on quarterback watch at a certain time. 
I would say this to you. Mm -hmm. If, in fact, they have come to the conclusion at some point that they are going to pivot and move on at this position. Correct, yeah. You're going to do everything humanly possible to move up and draft one of these top quarterbacks, one, two, or whatever, right? Yeah, to ensure Campbell. So, like, you could put Tyson Bajant in, and again, just in this hypothetical environment. But it's not going to change how you approach the draft. The draft. Or don't look at me and say, unless you think that he's going to pull Brock Purdy. Well, we don't have the 49ers roster, all and we the, don't have Shanahan on the sidelines. All the more reason if you put Tyson Bates in and he starts so, lighting things up and running Luke Getz's offense, and you start putting up 500 yards of offense, you may need to... I'm not... I, I'll yeah. just say this. You're not even going to I'm entertain not, not the fairy there. tale? I'm not there. I'm not there. You're not there yet? I'm not there yet, so... Don't worry. The, the Bears may be picking 1-2 in next year's draft. Then they could take. I'm not there yet. Then either. they could take two quarterbacks. Can we just figure Caleb out Williams a way? And Drake can, May. Before we do that, can we just figure out a way to get to opposing quarterbacks and get a sack or two? That's yeah, not in the game plan. Provide pressure. No. If you can't do it with your front four, get creative and do it. Eberflus clearly doesn't have any interest in, can in I applying have a an pass offensive rush. line. Kind no. of work together in unison. Nope. Can we establish a running game? Can I get receivers to go up and make a play to help your quarterback out? Like all of that, can we just do Not that stuff? Interested? Who's got the, the better chance of drafting one two? The Bears or the Cardinals? Bears. I truly think it's the Bears. They have their pick, and they have the Panthers' pick. The Cardinals have won a game, and they have the Texans. So have the they, Texans. That's my point. The Cardinals have the two picks where they have two teams that seem like they are putting out an effort, truly trying each week. This is also what's got me. Like, look, there needs to be somebody in that building, whether it's a player or it's a coach. The, you know, a a a a a beacon, a light, a somebody that you can go to that provides some sense of of stability and some sense of leadership at this particular time. They are a ship that is lost at sea without a rudder at this point. They need to find something that gets them at least back on track on a number of fronts. Does that mean you're going to win more than you lose? No, but. It doesn't feel like there is a player or a coach at this particular time that is providing the leadership that this group needs at the moment. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. And it's not going to get any it's gotta easier. It's got to happen. Somebody, 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 something needs to take place where... Somebody like, do something! Yes, exactly. Like Somebody do something, show some leadership here and get this thing at the very least back yeah. on track where you're competing. The very least, lock up your equipment so it doesn't get stolen this week. Wow, that's that's low yeah. blow. 312 332 3776. I'm Jeff Meller. In for Sylvie today on Waddle and Sylvie. It is a Bears Monday. It is uh, pretty bad. Is this rock bottom? Can they possibly get lower? I don't know. We'll answer that's the that, question yeah. of the day. We'll answer that next and take all your calls on ESPN 1000.